Hey everyone, Andres Gamboa here with another episode of the Ponytails Podcast. Man, do we have a fun one today. Joe Ignis is in the house, former DSL of the Southwestern Advantage Company. Uh, but more on him in just a second. couple of a quick announcements and a little bit about who we are if you have not heard of this. So if you're listening, maybe uh, this is your first episode and you're a book person. Welcome. This is a lot of fun. We talk to book people about their experience and catch up to what they're up to now. And kind of just have a blast getting to know, you know, the stories or their entire background and how this experience shaped them for the good or the bad or whatever. It's been a blast. We've had 176 episodes now. This is 176. Can you believe it? We're approaching 200. So close. Go check out some of your other favorites. But if you did not sell books and you're like, what are you talking about, bald man on the screen and or in my ear? Well, Southwestern Advantage is a company that recruits college kids every summer and they go sell books door to door for 80 hours a week on straight commission no place to live guaranteed and and it's just a bananas experience they call it like the marines like the sales for the marines or something like that it's like a, like a crazy internship one of the best internships in the country it's bananas but they've been doing this since 1865 literally since the civil war ended and so naturally there's hundreds of thousands of people that have done this and so we find them in the wild have them come here on the show and they tell us about their experience hopefully you guys enjoy there's going to be uh, a, a variety of stories today uh joe is a person who is crushing it right now at life a lot of really good value to be added so maybe take a journal take some notes if we're if you're listening to this at the gym uh hope you enjoy if you are on your drive to work pay attention to the road but thanks for listening um, and so if you guys want to get connected, if you guys want to hear more, a little bit about our show, the ponytails podcast itself, you can go to our website, the That's tales as in stories, not like horse tail, but like tales, T A L E S the ponytails You can check out our merch, sign up for our newsletter called the Colts C O L T. Everything here is horse themed and our newsletter will let you know a little bit more about what's coming up on the show. Things to look forward to. And all that jazz. Now, a little bit about Joe before we get him on the screen here. He sold for six total summers and then he was a DSL for one summer after that. So his entire involvement in the company was from 2016 to this just last summer, 2022. So he just pivoted and started a new direction. We'll hear about why and how uh, that was the case. Uh, but he's part of the total domination organization, the TD, went to the T University of Tennessee or the where the volunteers. Uh, they volunteer. I just put it in quotations because I just think it's a funny name. Sorry, Joe. Volunteers. Uh, he's originally from uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, but he was born in Scotland. And I'm curious to hear about that. So he's means my man's an immigrant, uh, as I am. So I always like connecting with him. He was born in Glasgow. It's kind of cool. If you guys want to get a hold of him, uh, he's on YouTube. You can go find his YouTube channel. Uh, so you can just type in youtube.com slash at the knowledge gap.com and he, it'll pull up his channel. Or you could probably just put type in the knowledge gap on the search bar on YouTube and find them there. And if you're not much of a YouTuber person yet, or if you're not sure how to like find people on YouTube, you can also find his links on his website, joeignace.com. That's J O E I G N A C E.com. You find all the links to Spotify and all this other stuff that he's doing. He's doing some really cool projects. Uh, he's got his hand in many jars right now and he is succeeding at all of them. So let's find out how in a second. Ponytail podcast. Boom. <laughs> oh, I forgot to say that your favorite uh, scroll is I will persist until I succeed. 
Did I say that? I don't think I said it. No, you didn't say it. But you said it well, now. Now we know. Now we know. It counts. So it counts now, man. Um, by the way, dude, I'm, I'm not technically an immigrant, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? How does that yeah. how does that work then? So my parents are from Indiana, like Fort Wayne, Indiana. They're high school sweethearts. So they're both American. And my dad was working over at um I think he worked for the government in, in Scotland or something. And so we I we he just happened to be there for a stint of several years or whatever. And me and my little sister were born there. So so but but were you born like on American soil in Scotland? No, in Scotland. So I this is what my mom tells me. My wife disagrees. Um but I th- I'm pretty sure I was a dual citizen until I was about 18. <laughs> but I don't I don't know actually. But that's what my mom told me. Um, Others seem to disagree for some reason. But yeah, so I maybe at some point and maybe in the future I could call up Scotland and just be like, hey, you know, could I get a passport for the British Isles or something? Because you know they're not they're not European Union anymore. So I don't know how far that's going to get me anymore compared to the United States one, but. One eight hundred Scotland. Excuse me. Um, have you not heard of me? Are you the mom of the house, um, dude? But then, so let me ask this. Then this is <laughs> funny to start with this. But what? What if you wanted to run for president, dude? That's that's something I've always joked about on the book field. That was always my joke. You know, if they were asking me where I was from or whatever, I'd tell them the story of where I was born in Scotland, and it's like, yeah, I can't run for president, you know, or whatever. But I just kind of chuckle about it. But I don't, I don't actually know how that rule works, and I don't know the. There's some Obama story where he's oh he wasn't born on certain soil or something, but he was on a military base. I have no idea, but that is it. That is an interesting idea. But born to two American yeah. citizens, I think it's okay. I mean, it'd be cool if that actually came up as a serious question. You know, I mean, that would be yeah. a, you know that was like oh like yeah like this guy should be president. Um, wait. We need to really think about this controversial birthplace. <laughs> well, yeah, because it would set precedent, right? Like <laughs> almost almost pun intended, but it would set, set precedent about being a president from a different place, right? Because, for example, me, right? I was born in Colombia. I lived there for seven years, but I'm a U.S. citizen. I mean, my passport's right here. It's, not, it's blue, right? So where are the, your parents uh, from? The rule, they're from Colombia. Well, there you go. I mean, so that's a huge difference, right? I mean, so if we're, yeah, if we're getting is... into the semantics of it, it's like, well, both my parents are American. And technically when I was born, because they're both American citizens and they were only staying in Scotland for so long, still American a citizen. My parents were Scottish and then I, you know, assimilated, you know, emigrated, whatever the correct phrase is, um, you know. What's that's the actual so phrase strange. for citizenship? like natural born is that what you're talking about no 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 there's there's a certain phrase that is the blank process to citizenship the do no the the the, no i'm looking it up good because i'm looking up how what it qualifies to be a president this is what i'm no person except a natural born citizen or a citizen of the united states but that's or a citizen of the united states naturalization that's what it is naturalization no oh, okay so naturalization i am yeah, so i'm a, a naturalized citizen though that's what i like my i have a form and it says natural form for naturalization and then right. it says you like my number right yeah but i don't that, have that but <laughs> you have to have how that's so interesting i mean we don't yeah. have to get into why that's a whole different topic but like but it's interesting because you were born 
in another country. So you, your birth certificate has to be from Scotland. Yeah, no, I, you know, the, the birth certificate is from Scotland. I've seen it before, but I do not have a naturalized form or whatever you're, I don't even know what you're talking about, <laughs> you know, but I believe that you. Is so bananas. Yeah. Huh. So there you go. I'm glad we're getting well, this all out of the way for my eventual presidential so, so run. You, when you run for president, because if you run, I'll be your vice. I'll be your yeah, vice. 2038 20, or like, something. All right. <laughs> yeah. Don't be yeah. your vice president. See if you die or not. Yeah. And if you die, then I'll be like, all right, but hey, same thing, right? <laughs> you can wait till I'm really, really old and then sort of like, you know, try to, you know, go from behind the scenes. Yeah. Or just put a hit on you. Maybe. Well, I'm, Col- I'm Colombian at heart. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Columbia must, have been, well, Columbia must have been crazy. How old were you when you came over here? I was seven. Seven. Wow. Now, when you came over here, I know, sorry, you're supposed to be asking the questions, but I'm just genuinely curious. No. What no, was it like in Columbia? Like, like walk is, me through what it was like. This is funny because literally the episode we recorded before. So, so people hearing this are going to be like, we just heard this in the other episode. Really? But people who haven't heard the last episode, sure. Uh, it was bananas, man. The 90s in Colombia was everything. Have you seen Narcos? Honestly, no. I know what it is, but I've okay. never... Never yeah, so that is for people who've watched Narcos, it was just as depicted. I mean, it was wow. I remember uh bombs going off, news news daily news stories about people wow. blowing up other buildings, schools and shit. I said this in the last episode, but I was like, remember when this is how fucked up it was when 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 the Boston Marathon happened, I remember the thought in my head was, Oh, only three people died. That was like what I thought. Because <laughs> to me, when I hear bombs going off at a public place that's highly trafficked, like the finish line of the Boston Marathon, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, 100 people died. Oh, yeah. Because that's the kind of thing that I was used to. Um, but yeah, it was bananas. We had to move because my family was going to get murdered, which is a whole long story that I wrote in detail. Um, but Book plug. Book plug. What's the book? Uh, yeah, it's called The Cost of Citizenship. Interesting. Ta-da! Find it on Amazon. Ding, 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 ding. And um, and maybe I can put the Amazon link on my videos. Support sure. support yeah. the Knowledge Gap channel. Yeah. By buying talk- Andre's book. By buying the book. It kicks, it, kicks, right. it kicks back to both of us. It's great. Yeah. Why not? Let's collab on that, dude. I'm down. Um, I talk about the book, but I don't normally plug it. So that was like, so that's strange. But the point is, yeah, it's crazy. And then you know, we ended up in Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska. Farthest place from any danger ever, Nebraska, baby. Yeah, and ocean. It's yes, the farthest ocean. place from any danger and any major body of water. It's the only yes. triple landlocked. No one can follow you the there. World. In the world, yeah. do you do you know do you know what uh, Amazon affiliates like is? Have you heard of that? Like when you are partnering with them to like, and yeah. they plug you and they support yeah. you. You, um, you know that I like any, know, I haven't looked into it. And anyone that it, is an Amazon affiliate can toss your link on their whatever and get a little kickback from Amazon. Because your book's oh, on Amazon. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. literally, it doesn't even matter if you like me. I could just throw it on all of my stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just be like, that's, you know, that's that's a good thing, right? But uh yeah, those are actually really interesting. Yeah, I started I started yeah. doing that because I recommend like all of these books every episode on my podcast because my podcast is all about how to maximize your college experience. 
you know, and these are just like incredible books that everyone should probably read while they're in school, you know, as a young person. And so if you're going to get them, my mentality is just, if you don't mind just getting them through me, support the channel. If you like the content, you know, do it, do it. Yeah, you should. There you go. That's how you do it. Um, talk to me about the podcast. How did you decide to start that? Like, when did you start that? Um, and for people listening, we don't do any interviewing or like digging before the person comes on the air because we believe in like the organic conversation that can be built just yeah. in the connection that we sold books. So I'm genuinely asking like, where did the inspiration come from? Why did you decide yeah. to do it? What's the story behind that? And actually just before I get into that, I thought Andres actually did go to Harvard based on his shirt. So that's, <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. He probably went to like University of Nebraska Lincoln or something. He's probably a Husker. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. Terrible football program. Okay, so until um, until, until recently, no worse than the balls. <laughs> Let's be honest. Hey, the balls are on the up and up though, legitimately, and we've had a great yeah, season. I know. I've been Proud. witnessing. I'm like, Proud wow, those guys. this is crazy. You know that Hendon Hooker tore his ACL. Too. We lost that game. It was a terrible game. Andy Torres ACL, which may screw up his NFL chances and all that stuff. Isn't that awful? That's bad news. You hate to see as, it. As you hate to you see hate it, to man. See That's it. just like anyone Honestly, who's ever played sports is just like, oh my gosh. That sucks. Uh, anyway, I don't want to get depressed on Vols football right now, even though I'm also still happy about it. So, okay. So the podcast started because. Um, I'm a Christian, so, you know, that for me, a, a big, a big part of why I do anything I do is, is my basic two rules for life, you know, is, uh, love God, love people. So I was literally 4th of July and this is the kind of Christian background I come from. So I married my wife. The biggest thing for me was the values and faith, um, to determine if she, she and I would be a good fit long-term marriage wise. And, uh, so her parents, like her dad's a pastor, you know, mom's, um, a piano instructor, you know, and they have like a marriage ministry and all this stuff <laughs> and they keep, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, um, in a good way, you know, it's encouraging to have, you know, parents-in-law that are like, come to this marriage retreat, but it's also like, you gotta go and parent, you know, a marriage retreat with your parents-in-law. Yeah, it's, it's your, <laughs> your, your in-laws like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> kind of a fun thing. uh, but, I, but those guys are great. I love those guys. And, um, so, so literally last Christmas, we were, we literally do a Bible study at Christmas, you know, all, all of the normal things. And, uh, one of my favorite verses is in John. Um, I can't actually remember the chapter or actually exact verse right now, but there's a, there's a passage. I, I love reading the Bible for a lot of reasons, but, um, reading it in this sense is I, I love looking at the, like doing a political analysis of like why things are happening in the Jewish culture in that area, because it's so interesting. Cause you can look at what's happened politically back then. And like that kind of stuff happens today all the time. You know, yeah. it's really interesting how you mm-hmm. can read stuff about history like that. But um, my, my favorite thing is he's, he's basically being uh, Jesus is on trial with this guy named Pilate. And if you never read the Bible, uh, go check out John, you should totally read that. It's a great, great book to start with. And um, they're having this conversation. And in, in, in this case, Jesus has basically been thrown into chains for no actual reason other than these religious leaders really don't like him, basically, because he's more about the heart than he is about the, uh, you know, do this, you know, sort of legalism is what's called. And um, mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, he's he's talking down there and he asks him, he's like, you know, why are you here, basically? And Jesus says, you know, I... 
I come, um, you know, to testify to the truth and, and everyone on the side of truth will listen to me. And Pilate says, what is truth? So that's one of my favorite, favorite things to think about is what is truth. And I've read a really, a lot of really good books by like C.S. Lewis and, uh, this, this guy who, um, called Ravi Zacharias. He was a really good speaker. Uh, once upon a time, he has a weird, um, after he died, there was some weird news that came out, but I don't think it discredits his work, uh, even though a lot of other people do. And, um, you know, that verse came up in that Bible study for some reason. And it, it must've, I, I think it like impacted her mom because she kind of brought up that same verse again. And it was in this time in the summer where my wife and I had said, okay, we're gonna be a DSL for a year. And then we're going to see how everything goes and see if we like the lifestyle, um, based on what our goals and values are. And we were in, in the summer, we we're going to reevaluate. So we're in that time we're reevaluating, which we can go more into that later. Um, but yeah, that same, that, that sounds interesting too. <laughs> that, that same verse comes up, you know, in this conversation, she like has it printed out on sheets for us to like take home with us, you know, so her, her parents are really <laughs> thoughtful, you know, and, uh, I actually took it, put it in my guitar bag. I play guitar. Um, and it was, it came up and it just felt like God was immediately calling like, oh my gosh, like young people, like it just hit me. Young people like don't really know what truth is. You know, mm -hmm. and that's like, wow, yeah. I, just, I just all it's like flashing before my eyes, my college experience of how you can be in a classroom and they're really pushing hard, you know, for relativism and different things like that. And um, man, it just hit me. And actually, I was so motivated and excited. I have never done podcasting. I have never done a YouTube channel, except back in seventh grade, maybe when Minecraft came out, I did have about five Minecraft videos that cumulatively oh, got like 5,000 oh. views. <laughs> um, something like that. It was awesome. It was these uh, PVP stuff. Um, so, I, but I, I was, I was not knowledgeable at all. And I just felt like, oh, this is what I need to be doing. Like I need to be doing this stuff. And uh, I had been writing a book, which I'm almost done with for the past few months before that. So it all kind of just went in this content creation conversation kind of thing. Cause my, the, the way I'm wired is, is the sort of analytical detective, why questions, loving talking about philosophy, you know, things like that. Loving talking about the bigger picture, interesting ideas, you know, morality, things like that just really, really interest me. And I could talk about them for days, you know, your mindset, the mind is the most mind boggling thing that you could ever think about, yeah. you know, and I love thinking about it and understanding it more. And so I was like, cool, I'm just going to call this thing on the side of truth based on the Bible verse, you know, and I'm just going to go and spit out some content. And so I just, I spit out 10 episodes, you know, um, in a pre, like a pre-release album in, in a couple of weeks, you know, and then um, I was meeting with Ryan Davis who worked at Southwestern, if you don't know who that is, um, he's a marketing you know director there. And uh, I was figuring out how to drop them and stuff. And some people started to hear about it. And then I was at uh, check-in where there's hundreds of you know, Southwestern people. And I was like, oh, I'll just drop it. And I basically had a bunch of people like, here, check this out, see if you like it. And a lot of people did like it. And I got to interview a lot of people, um, you know? And so, so that was the inspiration though, was just like, man, I really want to help young people. That's really what, what drives me. Um, you know, it was just, how can, how can I help the, the, you know, how can I help people? That's, that, that, that's really what I get excited about doing. So but that's where it came from. And then, you know, through a, basically a bunch of failure and, uh, you know, figuring things out and getting like no listens and all that kind of stuff. We're on a spot where, <laughs> you know, where you figure out where's the best place to put your podcast. I know for you, it's like Instagram reels is sort of your niche, you know, it seems at least from what I've seen. 
you know, for me, it's like my, my people are on YouTube, you know, and that's, that's right. There's where I get my, my reach, for example. And so I, I went all in on a podcast platform and I still post on there. Um, and then I went into the YouTube platform and I've gotten 10 times more views in half the time, um, on YouTube, um, just because of my, my target market being college students. So it's been great. I've had over 20,000 views in literally two months, maybe in a few days It's been crazy. So people seem to like it, <laughs> which is awesome. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, I also have some videos that I posted and literally they got zero views, <laughs> you know, six weeks ago. Right. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, <laughs> we're going away from this, you know? Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been great because that mission is still there. I've got, um, a, I'm going to a, a, a private Christian school and talking to their high school, like 90 students that are like sophomore, junior, seniors about how to maximize their college experience. I've got three fraternities that, you know, of hundred plus each that are going to have me in, in spring and, even like a student basic needs uh, coalition, which is a club here at UT that want to have me on there too, um, and, and figure out how to help them in, in a lot of different ways. Which is it's wild their their connections. They have a lot of connections with people in Nashville and some some kind of big wigs and a big connections with the campus. So those are all really cool things. But it's but it's but it's essentially that's that's where it all started was that one random conversation and just feeling led to to go this direction. You know, <laughs> there's a big need. Yeah, there's a big need, you know, that the research is crazy. When you go on and you look, 41% of college kids will graduate with a degree and they'll become underemployed, meaning their, their degree was basically worthless. Yeah. It's just sad to now, me. Do, now, do you, know? you think, do you think the degree do you, now here's a, here's a philosophical question. Do you think degrees are worthless? Do you think um, that's actually what maybe it depends because that if that's the data, isn't that, yeah. I mean, okay, uh, hey, let, me, let me, let me preface this. Obviously, you know, if you're going to law school, if you're going to be a surgeon. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Sure. 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 I'm talking about like, I graduated with a communications degree. My brother, yeah. Danny did. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck is that even like? No, right. No, absolutely. <laughs> you know? So we did enter, we did an on-campus interview with a bunch of high, with a bunch of college students on is college worth it. So y'all could check that out on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's just really called is college worth it. And uh, it's the same question we want to pose because I think it's an important question. And everyone should consider it if they're thinking about going to school, right? Because one of the, one of the greatest things, and I'll talk about this later, I guess that you can learn, especially while you're young is that what your decisions are, whether you go to college or you go to tech school or you don't go to school, you start a business or you, whatever it is, whether you sell books or don't, maximizing what you're doing is always the correct thing to do, right? Because you can go to college and you can do it completely incorrectly and then it's never going to be worth it for you, right? But if you can go to college mm -hmm. and you completely maximize it, it's always going to be worth it for you. So I don't, I don't think college on its face is worth it one way or the other. I couldn't tell you. All I could tell you is that where's your mindset at is your mindset in the fact that you're going to maximize what you're doing and, and squeeze the juice out of it. Or is it to, I'm just doing what everybody else is doing. If you're going to go along and do what everybody else is doing, probably everything you're doing is going to end up in mediocrity. If you're going to go maximize something, mm. I will say maybe there's some degrees that probably are worthless, you know, underwater basket weaving classes things like that nature, Yeah, you know, but, <laughs> but in general, if you're going to school and, and you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to go network like crazy. I'm going to go work my face off for all of these years and figure out how to do something. Again, totally worth it. And, and you probably would be successful or not if you did go to school or not. So I think it just comes down to your mindset would be my short thing of, you know, I think that's, that's the bigger fair. picture.
That's fair. But then the, I think the, 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 just to, and I'm not playing devil's advocate because honestly, I don't know the answer to this. Some days sure. I'm, I look back at college or I look at college, I'm like, that's not worth it at all. And then sometimes yeah. I go, ah, oh, but you know, like college is what got me Southwestern, which is a, which yep. wasn't the end all be all for me, but it got me here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like in some ways, college was important. So maximizing, I- is so objective because if you mean maximizing but as in like go try to get straight a's and try to really you know get the good internships and join the good <clears> groups and blah 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 blah, that's a way to maximize it but maybe that's still worthless versus i would say i maximized my college career versus from i didn't do great in school graduated with like the average yeah. cpa or whatever gpa but southwestern was huge so i don't yeah. know you know i think it's a little different based on each person right you know it's 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 where yeah. again what what is to maximize an experience is probably within the eye of the beholder, but we all know when we regret not trying our best, right? We all know when we're not maximizing something. So that I think that comes yeah. down to the personal thing because, you know, everybody comes from a different background, right? I mean, if we're honestly talking about like long-term potential, I mean, people, the way they think they have this rule book in their brain that they grow up with, that they're taught by their parents. And so, you know, if you're talking about someone's potential, you know, how big is someone's potential? Could everybody go be the president, right? Could everybody legitimately go do that? I want to say yes, but then we don't realize like my wife's a social worker, right? We don't realize all of the things that could mentally be barring someone from doing those things, right? So like, for example, foster care, my wife little wrote a little children's book on it and she put some stats in the back. Over 50, like 50% of kids who graduate high school and from the foster care system, right? they will be drug addicts the rest of their life. Um, if you graduate yeah. in the foster care system, you know, it, you have free college. I think almost every state or every state, you have free college. 3% of kids go to college from foster care, right? So if this, I think it has everything to do with your mindset and your and how you see the world. Because if you're obviously growing up in a world where you don't know if anyone's safe and you can't trust people, how could you ever network? right? So there's, there's different layers of different things. So it's a very complex question. Is college worth it? Well, I think if you grew up in foster care, even if you get a nine to five, 50,000 hour, 50,000, $40,000 a year job, and you know, you're just stable, totally worth it for that person. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible, the people that bring this show to you. Uh, These are people who all sold books and we're here to give a quick shout out to them in a spotlight uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or if after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, These are from an excerpt I have with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called Executive Exercises, where we take all our sponsors and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics. Go check that out. But I pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies. And so if that sounds like you, like I said, click below. Hope you enjoy. So that's, yeah. And so so money-wise, and it just seemed like it was going to be the leads, which I wanted to go back to that because you mentioned this. And that's another thing that maybe Southwestern people don't understand is leads. And that's kind of like you're saying, basically, imagine you show up to a town to sell books. You send a postcard out to every single family that has kids in school or young children, asking them if they struggle with any of the following subjects, yes or no. <laughs> would you be interested? In, would you be interested in hearing about a product, product that might help you with all those subjects, yes or no, name and address. And then you just waited at your HQ for like a couple of weeks. And then you got in the mail, like 700 people returning that postcard saying, come to my house. Here's where I live. Hi, are you the mom of the house? Yes. And you've heard of you. 
great. Yeah. Is this your handwriting, Miss Betty? Yeah, that's my handwriting. You got a few minutes. It's again, you're not selling every single lead that you sit down with, but the leads is kind of what interested me because that that kind of anxiety feeling that I talked about at Southwestern and the anxiety I had with family heritage, I honestly didn't think that was gonna go away, but it it has. It's it's gone away when I sold. You know, I still had a little bit of anxiety, but after that first knock, it goes away. But much less anxiety every week because I know I have fresh leads coming in. And so even if this day doesn't work out, I know I got typically our agents will get anywhere from 25 to 50 leads a week of people that they can go and and call on. That'll do for now. Like I said, make sure you click below to get some more information. And now back to the show. Is it worth it for Steve Jobs? Well, it sounds like he grew up and he has this certain potential that it wasn't worth it for him. Yeah, that's interesting. The other way you can also also look at it is from the standpoint of how like, I think the where the answer is, you're right. It's like a spectrum, and in some yeah. cases, the answer is yes, very clearly. Like we talked about, doctors, lawyers, accountants, like get your shit together, know it. Yeah. Do, like we, I need if you're gonna open my head to take out that tumor or whatever, like yeah, I need you to know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> go go study. <laughs> Absolutely. But on the other hand, I feel like there's certain places where it's like a pretty straight up no from a, like if you even look at from a financial standpoint where the price of college has gone up so much versus the quality that you're getting back it used to be that people would go hey uh it costs in and i'm speaking from a immigrant standpoint right if, if, I, if I was to tell my family or in back in columbia hey i have a degree from a university in america and i go to columbia i am front of the line everywhere because the quality of education was that high right but the quality of education hasn't increased in fact it's proven by the fact that we need your podcast no i agree with you the the percentage of 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 college kids that cheat their way through school is in the 90 percentages they're cheating so so basically a degree of of the actual information or like skill level someone can out of school um, it's more lazy it's more addicted to social media and it's it's students that unfortunately have cheated their way through, so they haven't actually had the struggle to develop a skill. But you could also make the argument the opposite direction that everything's on Google. So why can we? Why are we even charging for college? If you actually think you know yeah. <laughs> that that's a thing that like I'm like, why is it YouTube. so expensive? You know, like or or for example, like how college is state state run for a lot of you know state schools, right? Okay, the only classes that seem to teach financial literacy whatsoever, and it's not even very clear in those classes, it's like finance and accounting classes. That's why I'm very grateful for t- doing that major. Yeah. It helps me in everything I do running businesses. It helps with the 100%. fitness business that I run. It helps with my podcast. It helps with the nonprofit my wife and I run. It helps with all the stuff, right? But like, yeah. I don't understand why in every single high school, except at private school or like really maxed out funded you know, school districts where they don't teach financial literacy. Right. So like high school kids, it's yeah. like, how hard would it be to just actually, you know, do a class like that? Right. I mean, they spend so much yeah. money on all these other things. It's like, so, so for me, it's just like this, this, this would be more of like my co- conspiratorial thought here of conspiracy. Yeah, so we can, we can yeah, go down that let's, road very, let's, right? let's do it. We, let's we do can it. go into let's that pretty it. crazy, but um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's, if you think about it, how it's systematized, right. They, they're, you're being groomed to be a sheep. You're not being groomed to think. You're being groomed to go work a job so you pay taxes. I mean, that makes sense for the system. And uh, you know, for I'm not judging anyone who yeah. goes and does that their whole life. You know, I think there's a lot of people who are plenty happy, kind of maybe 88% of people or 80, excuse me, 80 plus percent. I don't actually remember if it's 88, but it's in the up, it's in the 80 percentage 
um, people hate their job, like most of their life. <laughs> so I don't know if that's really yeah. a great thing. Um, but the point being is that it's like you have to go to college, you have to pay all this money um, in order to learn these things that frankly could be taught from a computer, from online reading, from reading a, a really good book in a classroom in high school. You could literally have a teacher read a, read like Rich Dad, Poor Dad or a good financial actual literacy, like a Dave Ramsey book, right? In high school, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there are some that yeah. do that, but there's a vast minority, right? Yeah. You know, it's and, like, why, why not? Because you're like, funneling people, right? You're funneling people into yeah. paying lots of money. Go to school, get good grades, get a good job. That's the, right. that's the, that's the, yeah. It's, it, and it's, it, it's not a conspiracy that it is what is happening, right? It is what's if happening. If you, if you, if you're a public school, your funding is completely based on the conversion rate of kids that go to college. Right. That's how that's how it works. Like how oh, yeah, good yeah. your school is is how many kids from your school, which means that that school financially is entirely incentivized to get kids to go to college. Yeah. How is that? How is how is that like? Yeah, yeah. There because it is, right? it's like, some people it doesn't make sense, right? It's just like if you're going yeah. to college and you don't actually have a reason to go, it's like it's cut. You actually are making a poor decision. Like I actually think that from you a should financial like, standpoint. Absolutely. Terrible. Absolutely, because yeah. you're going to change your major. We interviewed like 10 college students. I think over half of them had already changed their major like twice. They're like juniors, yeah. you know? And like that's obviously yep. like, okay, you got to figure out what you want to do. But like why isn't there a class on figuring out what you want to do? Yeah, yeah. Like, what but what are we class doing? on some dumb bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm it's like there's, there's all these crazy yeah. classes. It's like if you're thinking about why people struggle in life or are successful, it comes down to decision-making comes down to your mindset. It comes out to perspective, right? And we can talk about a hundred different examples from selling books, like people who are more or less successful coming down to how you see the world and how you make decisions based off of what I would say principles, right? And mm -hmm. you know, if you can teach people some solid values and principles, they're going to do okay in life. If you can teach them how to you know, love and respect themselves, you're gonna, they're going to do better in life. If you can teach them to not go crazy and have children out of wedlock... <laughs> right? They are going to have yeah. better lives, right? So there's, there's more, you know, to it. And, it, you know, I think that used to be parents, but obviously, you know, if you look at the uh, 50 plus percent, it was 50 plus, but hopefully it's like 49 now, you know, of marriages broken up. It's, it's pretty tough to, you know, count on parents to teach a lot of that stuff, you know? Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's a, how do, what's the best way to put, put a, put a, like a, way to say that yeah like if you grow up in a, in a marriage that's broken it's already like this i don't yeah, know the dude. stats i can't i can't say but it, it, there's no way <laughs> they're as viable right as a, it's just as hard a person who watched their parents be married right it's just much more much more difficult the dynamics of trying to understand that yeah you know, besides it's all that so so yeah it, the system is definitely set up to go to school get good grades get a good job and pay your taxes and i think that all back the the funny conspiracy side would be like why why do they not teach those things which which would be total speculation at this point of like oh well because they want you to go to college to get your money <laughs> you know that's no one hundred percent no but yeah. that is that is I mean if you if you could reward schools for the if it was if because schools what really are they're just recruiting vehicles right like what I mean by that is like they're prepping kids to go to the next part of their life right and. From the money, and everybody follows the money. Everybody, I don't care who or how good hearted, like, yeah, you follow yeah. money. That's that's why a lot of people leave Southwestern. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just 
Sorry, it's just what has I've not I've done this enough to know. At least 160 people I've been on here be like, ah, better money. So everybody follows money. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with following financial uh, uh, incentives. But because of that, there's no financial incentive to tell a kid in high school who definitely has no shot in college or has no reason to be wasting money in college. Go, hey, what are you good at? Well, I love cars. I love working on cars. You know what? We're short in good mechanics. So why don't you go to trade school and be the best mechanic in the world and kick some ass at it? Right? Absolutely. Or be the best electrician and and give those jobs a lot more of a of of the of the notoriety that they deserve, right? Just like a doctor or a lawyer. We need all of these kinds of things. And there's no incentive for a school to tell a kid to do that. Nothing. Yeah. So yeah, that's no, crazy. Course. It's bad. It's and, and the, here's the thing: you try to go get your car fixed, and the finding a good mechanic nowadays, it's you know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah, a good yeah. electrician. It's like, what the f- what because nobody's no, I, incentivizing that. i totally agree but hey I, I i got a brother that's good at communications whatever that means right yeah <laughs> well you know obviously the sales sales skills and different things are incredible i mean that that well as you do almost anything if you can learn how to communicate effectively and some business skills i mean you know and i think i think that's that would be an awesome thing to just where everyone could learn those things if they wanted to because i mean again if you're a good mechanic that's one thing but if you're a good salesperson you know understand some business stuff and you're a good mechanic, that's like you can Boom. make a multi-million dollar business, you know, from doing that. Yeah. So it's just like, what's the skill, right? So that's just understanding what people want and and what you have to give. And I did an episode on like, learn stuff that other people aren't willing to learn because they will pay you to do it later when they don't know how to do it. <laughs> yes. You know, you'll be, I know you'll something you don't pay me. That's yes. how, that's, 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 how that's the, that's the bottom line. If you know something yep. someone else doesn't know, totally, they should pay you. Absolutely, you especially the shit to learn it. Yeah, especially so, so a skill, and it takes forever to like learn. Like literally, that is the most valuable skill. I, I just read a book called The Dip by Seth Godin. I'll have to put that in all of my links on my YouTube videos now. Um, and he's basically talking about like the most profitable, um, you know, things to do, or like the best things are the things where most people quit them. Because most people yeah. quit means most people can't do it. But if you can. There's a there's a higher need, there's a higher, you know, desire for what you have, and you can charge a lot more and you will get paid a lot more. One one hundred percent. Or at the very, very least, you will avoid paying someone else a shit ton of money for it. So to give you yeah. an example, I have a life insurance license, right? And it was I learned I was in the insurance industry for a little bit there. I learned about the insurance industry. I learned about the financial industry. And I know like things that you're talking about, right? That what you know as far as like whether it's investing or that, you know, financial planning, even if I'm not the best financial planner in the world or the best insurance salesperson in the world, I know more than the average Joe, not Joe Ignis, but uh-huh. the average Joe. But, but that alone is going to save me a ton of money just by knowing that, because like you said, most people aren't too scared, too lazy or whatever. Maybe they're not, maybe they just don't want to part, you know, take the time for whatever reason, made that not the right priority to learn that skill. Um, and that's huge. I know something you don't pay me. I love that. Dude, yeah. good, good talk. Good talk. I'm glad. So, so the podcast, um, if you guys want to check it out, it's on, we can find it on Apple podcast, Spotify, and of course, please go to the YouTube page to, to find it. Um, uh, definitely, definitely best if you go and experience it in the way that it's intended to be. So, uh, as Joe pointed out, he's working hard on the YouTube page to make sure that that's how people consume it. That probably means that it's best consumed through YouTube. So, highly encourage you guys to go find that. Um, 
on that note with the podcast what's the north star like where do you want to take this what's like what's like the idea ideal dude i'm a dreamer man i'll tell you i i honestly Good. i could see it going a lot of places but you know i mean the, the the short term is just honestly just learn how to do it as well as i can and and uh i i think the zenith i mean things that i love doing is speaking um and writing books i have a plan i have plan to write five books i'm almost done with my first one um but the idea of just going and speaking inspiring people and creating content that is just uplifting to people to where they can figure out what they want to do you know um figure out what inspires them and go after it in their life to where they don't hate their jobs hate their life i mean that that's the goal um what's that what, what would that turn into i don't know i i thought about man it'd be really cool if there was like a way cheaper way a better way to basically be an alternative to college where we could have very long term someone come through and you know get some get some entrepreneurship or business training where they come through and at the end of it they have they've learned more in a shorter period of time that they can go apply in the real world um than what you would get in a four year degree i mean that would be like the very very long term that would be freaking cool but in but in the short term you know just building up content to to help people as much as possible be going out and being a professional speaker you know things of that nature you know being being just being a great you know having all this content that's uplifting to people so love it i got a couple of connections i need to give you one i need to hook you up with dylan Barr. you need to do a ted talk i think that's huge to kind of leverage whenever you're ready to do that if you want to be like doing that it's just a way to launch yourself sure um and then the other person i need to connect you with is brian harbin and i think your podcasts have similarities like overlaps uh, but his is a little different and i'm sure you've heard i think i've talked to you about brian his is great. Uh, I just I just great, interviewed yeah. Brian on my podcast, which that will premiere how many weeks? I've got three in the running, and this is a short one this week because it's Thanksgiving time. So one, two, three weeks that'll be on my podcast with Brian Harbin. So and I'm actually well, well, no, no, hang on. So when people listen to this, it'll be probably three weeks. So probably oh, right as oh, right as this saying? comes out, I'm interviewing Brian Harbin on the Knowledge Gap. So go check Brian, it out too. Brian's, Brian's been on our show. He's awesome. Oh, yeah, is he's he? legend. Yeah, he's, he's cool. cool he's cool, great. Dude. Yeah, we had a great conversation um, about how to maximize your college experience and what he's doing and all that kind of stuff. I think uh, that was that was really cool hearing about all the things he does with like domains and and actually I know Dylan Barr personally. I've uh, met with him and know him and I know he does the TED talks too. You know, and that's yeah. I um, at, some, at some point we'll be will likely be reaching out. Um, I have a friend who works with him, Christian Debay. I believe he still works there. So Christian's there? I thought I, Christian was at Southwestern. I didn't know that. No, no, I think oh. he moved. Um, I don't know how many months ago, but he's moved over there recently. Oh. He he was Christian was a pioneer of the student edge, I think, program for a little while. That's right. So too yeah. sweet. Anyway, okay. because uh, we're moving moving right along. This flies, man. Um, we could talk I wanted to ask you a little bit. We'll have to do it. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I, I want to get you and Seth and uh, Zane on here together. Like do like a like to really like highlight a little bit more about Elevate. Sure. But tell sure. me about your involvement with Elevate and how you came in. Because we've had Seth on here. and We've had Zane on here. So yeah, how did you come across into this? Yeah. So let's see. I guess it must have been over a year ago now. Basically, those those guys founded. They, they were both doing their little side hustle, you know, uh, personal fitness coaching for like a year, and then they came to kind of came together with this pretty brilliant idea, Sizzle Shred, where it's like, hey guys, you want to get in shape for this, you know, Mexico trip that we go to, you know, pay us some money, we'll make a program for you, we'll we'll do it. And uh, by the way, it's a competition. So whoever who 
you know, does the, has the best habits, wins money, <laughs> competition, Southwestern peoples. People were like, yes, let's go. You know? And so we had like, right. they had like 55 people sign up. I was one of the referrals and they called me and on my goals for that year, it was to become a personal trainer. <laughs> so I, I love working. I've been working out consistently since I was 14. So 11 years, um, really big into sports, just did a Spartan race with my wife a couple months ago. Um, you know, play soccer twice a week, work out, you know, four times a week on top of that and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, but they call me and I was just like, this is cool. Tell me about your business. And I basically was like, tell me about your business. And I learned all about it. And I basically sold them on my skills. I was like, yeah, well, do you guys know how like accounting works or like the legal side of stuff? And they're like, no. And I was like, okay, well, like, that's what I'm, I have that background. And also, you know, I'm a DSL. So, I bet you I could help manage recruit and bring all these skills to, to the table. And they were like, okay. And they were sort of hesitant for a little while. Um, we did like a trial run for three, three to six months where I was helping out part-time while I was DSL. And, um, you know, I was, I honestly wasn't selling unless they were outside of Southwestern just because out of conflict of interest type thing. I don't want someone signing up just because I'm like a DSL and they're like, Oh, like, Oh man, I got to say yes to impress him or something. You know, I didn't want that. I just yeah. want people to do it if they were going to do it. That's really and, responsible um, of you. Well done. Thank you very much. And so, you know, I, um, <clears throat> I was just helping with all the books, the back end stuff, keeping our records, you know, really clean, being like, Hey, like CFO type stuff. Like, Hey, like we cannot buy whatever you're asking to buy. We do not have enough money or we'll go bankrupt. Right. Or like, Hey, this is a better investment, you know, stuff like that. And, and just helping with the recruiting training, you know, culture building, um, you know, so we did that for a bunch. We went through a phase where we were just like, okay, we're really going to work on our product and, and build up our systems. And, you know, and then uh, when the summer, by the end of the summer, we, we had everything really set up for a second sizzle shred and had more people sign up for that. And so in a year, um, you know, 12, 12 to 13 months or so did six figures, you know, in revenue first year, all part-time. Um, and it was crazy. We had over 160 plus people coached and uh, a lot of really good transformations, tons of testimonials and the second scissor shreds going. And actually this is a, this is a great time to announce. You can cut this out if we're not allowed to announce it, but um, we are going to do a Bizzler shred uh, coming yeah, up right. in the future with Andres, yeah. um, with all of the awesome Southwestern people, you know, you can, um, you know, message me on the different platforms who's saying or comment or, uh, you know, Get my, Andres, message, reach out to Andres. You can give me my number. But if you're interested in this, but basically it's going to be same, same thing as Scissor Shred. Get really in good shape because as in sales and recruiting and entrepreneurship, your body, you know, um, affects your mindset. Your mindset affects your performance. And if you're performing bad in sales, you make less money, you do worse, you feel worse. Right. And so the whole premise of that is like, you know, there's this awesome networking fun time to catch up with all these alumni. So we're going to do a competition where you can come in there, you can put some money into the pool, get a workout program, get a nutrition program. We're partnering with HelloFresh meals and uh, some supplement stuff. We can literally get you the whole kit caboodle where it'll save you so much time. And in a four, six, 12 month period, I mean, you can, you can get totally in great shape, feeling good. And that's different for people, whether you're doing triathlons, wanting to just look good, feel good, or somebody who's, you know, wants to get really ripped or something. We kind of do it for everybody, but that competition's fun. You can put some money in and whoever has the best habits, just like the summer wins a huge cash prize on Bizzler, That's right. Um, in, in Mexico, right. right? 
Yep. And that's a cool, and we're still developing the details on this. So stay tuned for that. But this is, I, I'm glad that you mentioned this now. Um, if you guys want to know more about the Bizzler trip, by the time this airs, we'll have a lot more details out. So just keep on, you know, follow us on our Instagram or, or uh, sign up for our newsletter and all of the details will be coming on there. Uh, it'll be direct to your phone that way. Uh, we love the fact we're going to be going uh, again. None of this is official because we've been having to like change up some stuff, but we're going most more than likely it'll be in October. Uh, the exact dates is still to be determined and it looks like we'll be going to Jamaica. So if you're listening to this at this point, this is somewhere in the December, it, this should be official by this point, but in, just in case it's not, I'm just saying, uh, but either way, uh, sign up is going to start here, uh, here in the spring and you guys can sign up as well to be part of the business shred and win some money. Uh, I know we also have a variety of ways of, you know, uh, collaborating on this. So that way people can show up to business or looking hella good so yeah excited about that man this is that's that's a fun way to to connect and, and collaborate yeah. uh, i'm, I'm really good exciting. at the uh the on 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 mic uh advertisements <laughs> yeah just yes man, i can't that, i can't wait to get some more corporate sponsorships man if you're yeah if you're looking dude, to fun. recruit college students come my Maybe way that's <laughs> um <laughs> dude that's epic so then, so you get involved, it's kind of more on the financial, logistical accounting side, which yeah, is something so, that's huge. They don't teach that in Southwestern. <laughs> no, well, that's you know? not taught anywhere, really. I mean, so this is one of the degrees that I will tell you that college is totally worth it for. Account, accounting, finance, yeah. um, understanding mm -hmm. how to, you know, whether or not you should do something, understand free cash flow, understanding evaluation of a business, all that kind of stuff is just amazing to, to know and understand um, when you are making businesses, you know. So I think, I think it's integral. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was, it was really cool to go, go utilize all those skills. And, uh, in the future, I will definitely, we're, we're going to be hiring someone to do all that because that's definitely not where my, my passion lies. We'll say, um, I'm much right. more like get in front of people, go do the sales, go talk to people, you know, the networking, the big, big partnerships, um, you know, but I will do all that until we're at the point where I don't have to, which would be great. Yeah. That's really cool, man. Um, I really, uh, I like that. I love what Seth and Zane are doing. Like from a standpoint of the product, it's phenomenal. They oh, uh, yeah. are, they're very well versed in their shit when it comes to like both what their roles are there. And so it's good to hear about the fact that you came in there with, with your background and your expertise to kind of help them. I think the need of that third, not that they were doing terrible beforehand, it's just, but just somebody who can, could kind of like take that with with a little bit more of experience um that's a good thing so good job dude good job yeah. if you guys again if you guys want to hear more about the packages that elevate wellness offers please go check out uh i mean shit it's get started youtube facebook or oh wait i think you're something unplugged your microphone i think unplugged um it's coming. It's coming. Anyway, well, so yeah, if you guys want to check it out, um, there are different packages that they offer, and there's different really uh, options that you can have. How, how are we doing now? Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yes, getstarted.elevatewellness.com. That's where you want to go. Get started. Get started. Yeah. Oh, dot fit. Oh, terrible. Let's redo it. <laughs> getstarted.elevatewellness.fit. That right there is where you can learn about it. Cool. Um, and also, we'll probably have a link below in the description notes of the episode. So just scroll down. Yeah, please, on please, whatever please do that. And then, yeah, click that and we'll begin. Yeah. So that way you guys can get more information. Talk to uh, someone from Elevate. See if it's the right fit. Haha, <laughs> fit. Hey. Ah, you, should get, you should literally have like that little, 
you know, drum or something like on a keyboard. Yeah. Well, we're, th- there's so many good ones. We have so many good zingers on here every once in a while. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible, the people that bring this show to you. Uh, these are people who all sold books, and we're here to give a quick shout out to them in a spotlight uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or if after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, these are from an expert excerpt I have with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called Executive Exercises, where we take all our sponsors and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics. Go check that out. But I pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies. And so if that sounds like you, like I said, click below. Hope you enjoy. That's okay. And actually, and this is good to, uh, I had Nick kind of explain this a little bit too, but it's in, cause I've been in the insurance industry before and for people who are listening, like, how do you make 115% commission? The way I explain it to people is the insurance companies we represent. So we're a broker, all these companies we work with, they know they're not really going to be making any money off the sales that I make for the first several years, but they don't care right. about that. They, they know these clients are going to be on the books for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. So no, they know they're going to make money over the long haul. And so part of the reason agents are able to make so much is there's all these companies out here and they're all competing for, for my, the broker's business, because these companies don't actually have their own in-house sales force. They have independent contractors. And so if they're, if their compensation or their commission levels that they offer aren't competitive, I'm not going to place any business with them. Hero, hero, off schedule moment. Wanted to tell you about Southwestern Real Estate. They're 99% drama free, only 99, not 99.9. So it's a bit spicy. Kind of like this episode. Anyway, they will learn you to kick ass at real estate. So make sure you guys click a link below, get in touch with them. Okay, back to work. Bye. That'll do for now. Like I said, make sure you click below to get some more information. And now back to the show. Um, <laughs> all right, bro. Let's jump into some south, some uh, some southwestern stuff, and then do, do quick, maybe like a quick recap of. We're gonna have to have you back on because I know you have to jet here in about 25, 30 minutes. Um, so I want to get some of your southwestern experience in. How did you get recruited? Your origin story. I love hearing about how people got involved in the first place. Yeah, and then if we have some time, maybe a ponytail or two uh, oh, there. Sure. Then. But uh, first, how the hell did you like? Who who talked to you about this? You were sitting there minding your own Jacob. business in Knoxville. Jacob Green was my guy. Jacob Green was my guy. Um, I was in class at my uh, economics 201 freshman year, spring semester. Jacob comes in, or maybe Danny Johnson, because they were recruiting together. I don't remember who made the announcement. I think it's Jacob. Jacob makes the announcement. I'm like, dude, I, I had made the decision to maximize college. So I was like a freshman. I'd already gone to like two job fairs at the time. And I was funny, man, because I also had interviewed for all these like on-campus little positions and I was involved in way too much, you know, looking back of just, I would wake up at six and not go to bed till midnight. I would hit the gym. I'd play soccer three times a week and on the weekends. And I was in like five clubs and like two leaders is crazy. Um, but I got really good at time management for sure. And I learned a lot, but anyway, I, and so I was like, I want to maximize college. I'm not saying no to opportunities. I felt like in high school, I was like too cool for school. And I really felt like I had missed some opportunities, you know, to network and connect with people. Um, funnily enough, because of my girlfriend at the time in high school had got me into future farmers of America. And I loved it. F-F-A. F-F-A, bro. I loved it. It was fun. I did an interview competition. I got to meet all these people and they were all like real country folks or whatever. But 
they were super nice. And it was nice to have like a different community than just soccer players or whatever, even though I loved my soccer team at the time. Um, but it just experienced that different things that you could challenge yourself with. I just was, it just, oh, it kind of just struck something, sparked something in me. And so anyway, I, I ended up going to one of those info sessions, you know, and, uh, Danny Johnson did my, uh, did my actual info session. Um, Jacob was a guy who called me. We're, we're going through the thing. I go meet with him a bunch of times. And, um, I don't know. I remember, I don't remember much of the actual like content. I was like, yeah, like I'm excited. Like, let's go, you know, I'm ready. To, let, let's get the job. Um, pretty excited about that until he basically was like, here's the legal document to sign to be on the team, which, which really is like, is independent contractor form. It doesn't mean like anything. (laughs) It's literally just like a more of a, a a commitment in your heart. Um, and I remember being like, well, like if I didn't want to go, I don't have to. Right. And I was like, he's like, sure. Yeah. It's whatever. If you want to be on the team, it's it's just spot on my team. If you want to be here. And I was like, okay, I remember filling it out. I didn't, I didn't do a single part of parent work. Jacob just set it up without me even knowing, like (laughs) just, Hey, called my dad. It's like, I was like, dad, someone's gonna call you. I don't know. Um, I never talked to my parents about doing it or not doing it, or if it's a scam or all of these things. My dad told me like four years later, he's like, I thought it might be a scam, but he was going to come meet me. So I was like, I'll go talk to him, you know, and uh, they (laughs) ended up talking about stars. My dad's an astrophysicist. So they talked about astronomy or whatever. And Jacob loves that kind of stuff. So they hit it off and answered all of his questions or whatever. So I I didn't hear anything about like, it was just me going through it. And I was so busy in school that I could only meet with Jacob once every two or three weeks. You know, it was like, it was not a weekly normal, like meetup thing. And I would cancel on him a lot or reschedule or, <laughs> or meet at these really weird ass times, you know, uh, you know, like Starbucks, everything's closed 730, you know, he's still on campus being a trooper, right. Being a good leader. And we'd meet on the phone. He'd, yeah. He talked to me about something that seemed completely irrelevant, you know, and I was like, why are we doing these? You know, I remember thinking like these trainings are dumb. <laughs> I've told him this before. So he does, uh, he's a great recruiter. So they were obviously important, but, um, anyway, I didn't care. So I went through school, we get to the end, you know, I, he, he told me a few years later, he's like, I almost cut Joe from my team because <laughs> I was so like all over the place. It's like, we have no idea if this guy's coming or not, you know? And, uh, and if you never done sold books, it's just a lot of people quit basically. Like, the, the interviews yeah. they'll, they'll say they're coming and then they won't cause they'll panic or they'll read something or whatever. And you know, I wasn't that kind of person. I was sort of like, yeah, like I said, I'd come. So like, why, why would anyone not come? Like, I don't get it. You know, I was like, whatever. I'm just a fan of my word. You know, that's something my dad taught me. So anyway, I, I remember uh, getting ready for sales school. I was like, I'm not touching my sales talk. I don't have time for this. And um, the week before sales school, I finished finals and then I basically learned my sales talk in a few days really well. And I did all these little online modules. And I was really disciplined with it, you know, or whatever, because that's just how I did it. I just finished everything. Then I did that. I was all in on that. And I remember going to sales school and, and having a good time and, and crush it, you know, feeling like I was crushing it and uh, had, a, had a really good first summer. But that was basically how I got recruited. Almost, almost yeah. cut from the team. Never talked about it with my parents. Never thought about quitting. Perfect. That's the ideal pony. Right yeah, there. dude. I yeah. I am a ponytail. Like it was, you know. I don't think yeah. Jacob had to do much other than show up. Be I cool. think honestly, all of us that have been on the show, like anybody that sold books and stuck around the whole summer, is a, you have to be a pony. Yeah, you just are. Like we we want we we like to think that like we are such amazing recruiters, and there is a, an art to leading people right to the next emotional step and coaching them correctly and teaching them how they want to be taught. There is skills there, but at the end of the day. If, kind of like you could have it's kind of like when you're selling you know if, if you if they're not a buyer 
it doesn't matter how good your sales talk is well, sure. closing like i you know. i will push back on it though because there's definitely a higher lower closing percentage based on i would say personal development and growth in if you're in that leadership position because what you're doing in recruiting is you're really selling a a vision or theme um of what working with you is going to be feel and and, and basically a, a success story so you know if you're not if you're not preaching a good success story or of, of confidence of where you're really you're in it for this person you're not going to recruit a lot of people, you know, and, and I've actually seen people yeah. get ponies on their team who are just awesome, super excited and be such terrible leaders that they just, they end up quitting. They force that person to quit because they're doing such a poor job. So I, I actually disagree. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I understand that. It's just kind of like when you have a pony in the book field, but you don't know you're closing, you might lose that sale too. Right. It's the same, same idea. Like yeah. from the standpoint same of idea. assuming that you're uh, uh, assuming that you showed up, the manager shows up the way they're supposed to, right? By you know having habits, good habits, and 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 preaching, practice with the preaching, all that. It, like assuming that's the case, right? The the person who ends up becoming really good at selling the books is almost almost impossible to do. Like think about where like top first years come from, or the people who become DSLs. A lot of them, a lot of the DSLs we've interviewed on here have similar stories like you, where they were like, you know, I almost got cut from the team. Uh, I. <laughs> I was, I was not, you know, my first summer was terrible, right? Yvette Keister, Morehouse Keister sold eight, you know, 1800 units first summer. Nobody thought much of her right at the time, you know, good job. You hit Sizzler. Great. But she becomes one of the most legendary DSLs companies ever seen. Right. So it just kind of depends on like the person inside and if it's right place, right time. But you're right. I mean, if the person doesn't have it to teach and lead correctly, yeah, you're going to, you're going to. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about like the the the, the recruiting position, it's really personal branding. You're learning how to pers personally brand yourself, and that's honestly why it's such a difficult job, is because most people don't know how to do that, and they struggle with it because they're trying to say or do the right thing when you actually have to say or be, like do the right thing based on you, which is a really tough thing to teach to people. Like it's it's like wanting to bash your head against the wall so so hard to teach to people is like how do you brand yourself, you know? And, and yeah. what's funny is most people that are in that position don't even realize that's what they're doing too. It's a funny, right? Because we're, yeah. they're all still young. You know, they're just like, I uh, do this, but they don't realize the reason people are following them is personal branding. But if you can oh, learn that it is personal branding, it is a lifelong skill that will set you apart from everybody else and allow you to do a lot of things. I, that's, that's an interesting thought. I don't think anybody has mentioned that, like m dropped it like that on the show yet. Um, which yeah. I think, I think you, I think you hit it on the head. It's true because the number of times I never become a DSL, but I can tell you from the other side, the number of times we've had someone on here say he just had some, or she had something I wanted when I was sitting at the info session, like this person knew something I didn't really. What that is, is that they're branding themselves really well. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, absolutely, absolutely like, correct, man. Why, why do you ever want to buy a book by Simon Sinek or Dale Carnegie or all these people? It's because they have this really good personal branding image of what you're going to get by following that person. It's it's just tribe building, right? So you're you're practicing tribe building, which is why I think it's a really great thing to go learn. However you're going to learn it um is is how to go build a little tribe of culture that that wants to live, breathe and and do something that's all similar based on you know that you basically created um I it's wow, you can't do anything big unless you can learn how to build a, a little tribe first, you know. Absolutely. And they become advocates and yep. make them become uh, missionaries. 
100%, sir. So where did you sell that first summer? First summer was the Dallas, Texas area. It was in a crumb. Oh, crumb. Hot. Yep. Hot. Very hot. Yeah. Hot so, so I was over in towards Flower Mound. I lived with, um, oh boy, I can't remember their last name right now, but they were great. The dad was a, you know, a Boy Scout director. Mom like owned her own small business. They were super nice. It was nicer than my house growing up, like honestly, um, which was pretty lucky. And uh, yeah, I remember going in there. I was like, well, it's like the nicest place I've ever slept. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a great first summer. I uh, I had the craziest. You got to the fest art. No, I was gonna say no, like, I sold like that... I sold like thirty eight units the first week, sixty eight the second week, maybe like one twelve oh, the third, gosh. then two hundred, three hundred, and and then I eventually hit seven oh seven. You know, by the end of the end of the summer. Um, nice. But my first summer was crazy because I did have half my customers cancel. So I wrote up 45 and ended up 22. So that was a weird, weird thing. What? What yeah, happened there? Uh, I just vehemently sucked at cash collection. I was just really bad at it. Um, yeah, I just, I would, based on the way it was set up, and we never we never did it again after this. I don't know how it could possibly have ever been set up this way, but or what happened. But you basically, if you scheduled out payments, they didn't give you money now, but you did it like, oh, here, like pay it next Friday, you know, because being like the most nicest person ever, like, oh, like you don't have money today, like, oh, it's okay, you don't pay the whole thing, just pay like all of it next Friday, and you schedule it, and it would mm. count as units. It's like they probably had money to do something down, and I was just like, didn't, I just didn't know any better, you know, eighteen. Sure. Needed the money. Sure. Yeah, I was like, oh, they'll pay. Because that's what I would, I would pay. You know, like I, they're going to pay, right? Um, Rookie. They're not going to pay if you don't get money. <laughs> so uh, money, the, the exchange of money is the commitment to the rest. So yeah, dude, it was that's it was right, a crazy dude. first summer. I probably had the worst worst PR of most people who's ever existed. Probably top 1% of people with bad what PR. Happened? Or is that a ponytail? Dude, I don't, I don't know if I'd call it a ponytail. I just had all these moments, man. I just got, I got... I mean, people were really rude to me. <laughs> it was terrible Facebook posts. You know, I was I was the rookie who who go knock till nine thirty and dark and just get yelled at oh, off the porch. Good, dark no places, appointments. no appointments, and uh, it was just you know I was all in, man. I was like, I'm gonna figure it out. I don't care. You can't stop me. You know, and I never honestly the rest of the summers I really never worked. I worked late only with appointments. I never once it got dark. I was like, I'll go home. I sold more because the PR aspect of things is just astronomical. If you can just get your okay. PR to be better. Um, okay. I'm telling you this as a DSL because I've been saying this for fucking a decade now. There is people are like, you got to work till 10. And I, my first summer I worked late too, but there was yeah. often times where I was like, I don't think people should work past dark if they don't have appointments, especially yeah. first years. Especially yeah, first years. You're a rookie. I mean, yeah, you got to also just the rookie just building confidence. They're just not going to be able to do that the first few weeks. But yeah, I agree. I mean, and also it's just like, hey, if you don't have appointments, it's like, you know, it's kind of sucks. It's just, it just gets to that point where you start to resent it. And so I, I really tried to avoid resenting things. I used to, I, I tried to condition my mind to where like this feels good to go do it this way. Right. So always working until, nine o'clock no matter what and then i'd go till it's dark right just having having a guarantee that no matter what and so you hit that no matter what you should feel good about it and you don't have to feel guilty or something that you're doing something wrong and i think people just put too much pressure on themselves you know yeah. and it's actually yeah. it's so funny it's a catch-22 it's you take the pressure off you do better 
you know? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, and, and not just that, but like for the key thing that you just mentioned, which I think is huge. So, and I always, it's been a while since we talked about this way, but I always brought this up that we had a kid, my, I specifically remember my second summer, I won't say any names, but it, it was just one of those kids where, and again, I might get pushed back from you on this because you're a DSL, but <laughs> I just, it was, but, but there's certain kids who are at sales school that you're like, this person should not go sell books. They're not ready. There's no, that's no okay. In hell. There's definitely like, people like that. And, but you need the numbers or you need somebody for the HQ. So you just send them anyway. And this kid, it, it just, it just wasn't going to work. It just wasn't going to work for, it, it was like physically just not going to work. I won't go into details because if I say who, maybe he, he had a speech impediment. We'll just say that. Okay. And so, and so it could come off. Like he was a great human being, lovely human, like such a tough worker. Great, great guy. But the problem is when you're at a door and you need to be smooth, calm, collected, and confident for the sake of not coming off scary or creepy, that's, that's key. That's very key. <laughs> and and it, it was just hard for him to do so. On top of the fact that he had a speech impediment, on top of the fact that it was first summer, you know, you're new, you're a rookie. You don't, yeah. He didn't know his sales. Talk. So it's like. Within weeks, we had a bad PR situation going on because he was creeping moms out. And it's not his fault. You know, it's just he was trying his best. And I'm not trying to say that he shouldn't have not been allowed to. Like, like I'm just saying he wasn't ready. It wasn't like we needed. There was more work that needed to be done to prep him correctly, at least to deal with what was likely going to happen. And we all knew what was going to happen. We all knew as managers. Yeah. Yeah. I think- and of course it happened. PR shit's a fan. Sure. He's in the town next to me. And now it's a whole org is. And we're in yeah. Massachusetts. Right. Which right. is not yeah, a small. big place. Yeah. So it's like, I, I think uh, our policy with that was always just like, yeah, like they can stay for another week. We'll be honest with them. We're just like, Hey, like currently you're not going to do well. Like you need to stay another week. Or if you don't want to do the extra training, then, you know, we can't send you out there and you can go home. And and most kids would pick going home because they realize and they understand some kids will stay the extra week, but then they'll just go home in the extra week. Cause they really don't have what it takes. Right. And that's, and that's fine. Yeah. There's, There's no judgment on that, that person. Yeah. I will say yeah. though, if you if you do have the mindset and the work ethic, like my my older brother Josh uh, had a speech impediment and it says his first summer and just sold 6,500, 6, units this last summer. So, but again, but this kid had like it was like it was heavy, heavy. Sure, sure. Josh, like just my brother had a stutter. Sure, my brother had a stutter versus maybe sure. like. I don't know what he had if it was a tongue tie thing, but yeah, I mean, it would make it more yeah. difficult to go sell if you cannot talk. So, yeah, like his approach, his approach at sales school, when we were practicing, and we had to take him one on one, was like two minutes. Right, it's how long it took him to get it all. Out. It's like you can't, yeah. as a mom just, with kids at home, it's, just, it's so hard. And it's yeah, not his fault or hers. Be tough. It's not. Yeah, it's just maybe not the right, correct position. For example, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's super coachable. He's amazingly he's, coachable. So yeah, he's, he's at nine thirty-five. In the darkness of Massachusetts, just yeah, it's it was bad. So anyway, yeah. the point is, I'm glad I, I I'm glad that you're saying I mean, it's refreshing to hear a DSL say yeah, it's okay if you knock till dark because it's bad. Yeah. It's bad for your PR that way. Well, you know, there's a lot of different schools of thought on this, um, but I I started 7:30 my second summer just because I lived in my turf and I was I was good enough to where I wouldn't get you know people. I didn't really have that PR from it. Most people probably couldn't pull that off. Not to say I'm like amazing, just it just takes a certain way to diffuse somebody where they're not like making a Facebook post at 7:30 in the morning, or like a certain like families to go to if you're knocking right. I never did that after my second summer, 
Um, I actually would start at eight or eight thirty, you know, and we would sleep yeah. an extra thirty minutes to six twenty nine yeah. or whatever, you know. Your and will start till nine. Yeah, right. So there's there's different schools of thought, obviously, obviously. And and it, what it seems to me is when I had more sleep, I was fed, I wasn't rushed, I would sell better because I'm not falling asleep in my sales talk. Right. Wow. And so, Imagine. you know, the I'd still get, you know, I, I would get my best, my best weekend sits is like 120, 122 or something, you know, where it's like 20 a day on average. It's about yeah. it's about the technique. I think people put too much effort on like, I got to work my, I have to feel tired. Like that's how it works. Like, yeah, most of the time, like I didn't feel exhausted. I felt fine because I would eat and have Gatorade in the car and water and I'd be really hydrated and I'd have so many sit downs. You're just chilling with people. You know, it's not a, it doesn't need to be this really intense thing. You know, if you're, if you're willing to kind of watch people and, Oh, that I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that was a weird reaction. Let's, uh, avoid that <laughs> you know no absolutely i'm with you i just i just always thought it was so interesting like again i was coachable so you just do the thing you wake up at right. six or 59 you do the you know the cold shower right. all that stuff is necessary all that stuff like i get that uh the the i you know what you're talking about is just going into your day well rested imagine selling yeah. books well rested and fed at right yeah 8 30 i <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a different ball game, I think, and uh, I I just try to take it to the approach of like, okay, what if I was doing this all year round, and this is just like my life? How would I want it to at least like make it more sustainable? And I would just sell a lot more yeah. doing it that way. I was like, well, there's no finish. I'm just gonna like go do good, <laughs> you know, do my best, and and then go home, go home, Amazing. sleep, do it again, have a Sunday off. You, out of your six summers, which one was your best summer? My my fifth one was my best. I sold eleven thousand eight hundred something units, and then uh, my it's seventh. Not bad. That's not bad. Uh, sixth one was ten thousand twenty six or something. I basically hit ten thousand and went home so I could get ready for my wedding. Um, <laughs> so that was uh, you know, I was like that was like eleven or twelve week summer. Um, yeah, but those those both those summers were awesome. Uh, the eleven thousand one was during COVID. Actually, that was the COVID summer. And then the 10,001 was the summer after COVID. Dang. So how did you adjust to that? And bro, I didn't, like what, I what barely did difference? anything different. I did it almost the same. The The thing to do oh, is just not go to areas that are blue. <laughs> <laughs> my, my county was a, you know, a, a county of 33,000 or so in Virginia, Pulaski County, you know, in that area, it's just like, you're so far from a city like that, you know, that it just, it just wasn't a, it's the same, you know, it's like one, one or two people had COVID officially that entire summer in my area. Everybody's like, you a handshaker. I did that for the first week or two. And then everybody's a handshaker It's like, all right, you run into a couple people, you wear a mask or whatever. Uh, you just have one, you know, in case you need it. You're like, Oh, I got one. Um, yeah, dude, it was, what was what? great was everybody was at home. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say everybody's at home. Like? I mean, everybody's home. Everybody's right. home. So you just great. sell like two hundred and twenty units is normal. One one fifty a day is like your average. Anything below one fifty, you're just like, home. wow, this day sucks. You know, um, I mean, I had so many. You just have so many, you know, steak days. It's just, it was great. It was just 
You're not trying the actually selling books. If you come down to it, like it's not hard if you're in front of mom, dad, and the kids. They almost always buy if mom, dad, and the kids are there, right? Now, steak day's two hundred. Yeah. Steak day's two hundred. Oh, Burger day, bro. Did you people. even did you even sell you're books? One of, you're one of those people. I didn't even didn't even do it. You're no, one so of those people. Steak two hundred. Steak. No. No. Yeah, yeah. Burger day is a hundred. You don't deserve Listen, a steak. Mr. For a hundred units, Mr. that I is trash. 2016, Mr. I sold 2016 and later when I was selling books back in my day, a steak uh -huh. day was 100 units. Period. Oh yeah. That's, that's cool. Wow. Lots of steaks for, for a little result. In my opinion. They, gotta, hey, gotta, hey, gotta have the hey. carrot further along. You'll probably sell some more. Sure. But that was back in my day. You hit steak. Anybody that said steak. What was your, was what was your, <laughs> what was your year? Your last summer. 2012. My last summer 2012. was 2016, bro. But I did not do so hot that summer. My best summer was my first summer. Um, in oh, gotcha. But when, when, we, when we hit steak, it was 100 units. So you're one of those new kids. Ugh. Man, I Ugh. throw her back. You're one of those guys that. So you decreased back. every year, Andres? Yes, sir. Terrible. That was me. Terrible. No, it was great. It was great. <laughs> I learned more in my third and fourth summer than I learned my first and second. Oh, that's 100%. good. I'm glad you learned a lot. <laughs> my third summer, I was so off schedule, but it was a huge. It was a great thing for me because I learned a lot about like how I can and what I am not willing to do. Like, hmm. so I started resenting it. Right. So yeah, my third summer, I was like, yeah. fuck this. Like, I got convinced again. I, I felt really bad. Like, it was a really yeah. bad place to be because yeah. I, I felt like I got talked into doing this again. Right. And I was like, this is stupid. This is stupid that I'm out here. And I was pissed. And so I learned a lot about me. It was like, I learned about creating boundaries and, and being able to tell people, hey, look, I really respect you and I really admire you. Um, and you're great. Right. But I don't want to do this again. And I need you to be okay with me not doing this again. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. At the time, I know I know Southwestern has changed a lot because of Groom and Danny and a lot of the DSLs. You guys were really trying to change this a lot, which is really good to hear a DSL say this twenty years ago. Whatever what you're saying, it would have been bananas. <laughs> like I went to work at eight thirty. No, nobody would ever say that. Um, yeah, but but back when I was there in 2014, like that was not the culture. The culture was like very high pressure to come back, very high pressure to stay very high pressure to recruit or you're like not even important. Yeah. So like, even if you were coming back, but you didn't recruit, you're not, nobody really gave a shit about you. Nobody included <laughs> you in any of the org meetings. Like it was not good. It was a bad place. You're, you're like the so weird cousin. It changed a lot. B.O. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I came back again. I got talked into it twice. So my second summer, I was actually on schedule physically. Like I was going and knocking on the doors, but I mean, bare minimum, but in my head, I was not even doing the second. Like it was one sure. of those where I was like, I wasn't going to the movies anymore, which good, but like, but I was like, again, I was pissed. I'm like, how the hell did I get talked into this again? This is bullshit. And so immediately I was like, I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah. See, ya. and no, no hard feelings. Everything I learned and I do now, I attribute well, to my, what I learned, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible. The people that bring this show to you. Uh, these are people who all sold books and we're here to give a quick shout out to them in a spotlight. Uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or if after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, these are from an expert excerpt I have 
with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called Executive Exercises, where we take all our sponsors and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics. Go check that out. But I pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies. And so if that sounds like you, like I said, click below. Hope you enjoy on on a note from a i'm trying to think like if i was if i was looking into this and I, for people who are listening who might be like hey this actually i want to learn more about this what's the barrier to entry like maybe i'm sitting here and i'm like man i would that sounds cool but i don't know shit about insurance like I, why would i want to go talk to people yeah the, the barriers to entry i think are really pretty low uh everybody would probably have a different opinion but in terms of just be able to get out the door and go sell you've got to you've got to get a license I have my life and health license because you needed the health license at Family Heritage or if you want to sell Medicare products or certain types of health products, right. you have to have the health side. But what it takes to get either one or both of those licenses is roughly the same. You take a study course, you may need to study for 15 hours, you may need to study as many as 30 hours. But like with Cardinal, we've got a, a, a pretty cool course from studying to getting your license can can be as quick as like seven to 10 days if you really 15 to 20 if you're moving at a medium pace and beyond that if it takes you longer than that you're just not really all that motivated to start because it's yeah. not a difficult process yo let's get off schedule one last time go watch a movie or maybe you should figure out how to work at nlight energy alex black is crushing it down there and a former dsm julio hernandez are both running this company and man they are cranking 10 people on their team and growing it's enough that uh Alex only has to sell like one thing every other week and make over six figures. So if you want to learn more about that and maybe help change the planet, click on the link below. That'll do for now. Like I said, make sure you click below to get some more information. And now back to the show. Have you ever read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Yes. Have I ever read that book? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you, what do you think every about? Book. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's a great book. There's a part in there, just the way you talk about your experience. I'm like, uh, I don't know if this is that you actually think. <laughs> but you you kept saying you get talked into it but it was actually we we that book would basically claim that that's reactive language um mm, and it talks yes. about being proactive with your language i'm sure i'm just curious of what your what are your thoughts if you know what proactive is basically saying that like i decide how i feel i basically am in control extreme ownership basically and then reactive yeah. is like someone also else hurt book. me your great book you should read that's also going to be yeah, on my videos let's probably start with that yeah, it's, uh, both of those books, it, they, this, it's the same idea where like everything, life is happening, uh, not it's not happening to you, it's, happening, it's reacting to you, right? The, the same right. idea where it's like, yes. yeah, yeah. So so I think that's a double-edged sword. And this is, glad that you asked, because there is some of that, right? I still chose to get in my car and get the fuck over to Pennsylvania and knock on some people's door. I could, right? 100%. Yes. The feeling, so is that. the feeling of feel like you were sold on it it's not a it's not a good personal branding to that recruiter right that Correct. doesn't that doesn't it doesn't put you in a position to win in my opinion right also what, it, what and i've, that I've does, messed that up before by the way too i'm not judging that recruiter yeah, as you're as yeah. a young recruiter you're being like i don't know what to do <laughs> i'm trying my yeah. best and you're just taking yeah. orders from like what you what's always been yeah, right? right and so right. that's what i'm saying that that feeling's changed so so here's what i'll say to this I, I, of course i still chose to go out there just like i chose to be off schedule and i own both of those things right right but at the same time, the Southwestern, the, the, it, it, I've always, okay. the number one thing that Southwestern does differently from a sales training, technical sales training standpoint that nobody else does that I've seen anywhere else is the buying atmosphere. 
And what I mean by that is the opportunity to to giving the client or the prospect the opportunity to say say no. Yep. Right, which is so radical Great. in the sales awesome. world. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. and it and then it puts a pressure more on the ability to prospect uh, in big numbers because then all of a sudden it's not about it's about ponies, which is the whole nature of what we're doing here. Right. Yep. However, that principle was not applied in August at checkout for anybody. At least when I I'm not saying that that's at least when you now. were there. Right? I know yeah. it's changed, but when yeah. I was there. You were at checkout and it was all about why you needed to come back. And if you said you didn't want to, if you were like, I don't know, let me think about it. The pressure that you get <laughs> that, that came with that, right? The FOMO that was instilled, it was like psychologically like hard to say no. So there is something to that too. I'm not saying again, I you're you're right. Well, I chose to go out there. I chose yeah. to be out there in Vermont to knock on the doors or not, right? To go home early, whatever. That was totally yeah. me. And I, I own all of that. I'm really, I'm but, really glad that we're talking about this because it's good for you to under I think every person needs to understand that at some point you're gonna die. This is from a yeah. Mike Posner video where he does pill and abiza live in a slow way acoustically. I love this video. And uh, he says, everybody wants you to not wants you to think that you're not gonna die and they want you to buy what they're selling. And do what they want you to do, right? And that's really, really important to figure out. Um, you know, it's really important to figure that out. And and for me, it's like I never felt sold to sell books. I knew I knew I wanted these skills, and and this is probably the quickest way to get them for me personally in my specific what I wanted to do. Right? That's not going to be the same for everybody, but but knowing that you are one day going to die, how do you want to spend it? You know, and, and rich dad, poor dad's like gain your skills in whatever areas you need to get them, and then get out, right? You know, yeah. so there's, there's all these different you know, philosophies to it. But I, one thing that's really interesting about saying no is there was some experiment like the electric probe experiment. If you've heard of this before where they put somebody in a room, hey, press this button. It's like authoritarian experiment to see who, sit, who will press the button and they crank it up. And they're like, the guy's not actually getting injured, right? But he's in there acting yeah. like he's getting, getting hurt. And they crank it up to what they say would kill him. And 80% of people will press the button and kill someone just because someone else told, told them to 20%, yeah. you know, say yeah. no to that. Right. And so you saying yes is because you're an agreeable person, at least naturally used to be. That's how yeah. sort of like you were wired or were raised, right? You were agreeable person. And so 80% of people are agreeable, right? So obviously being asked and stuff like that, you can still do it, but it's not going to set you up to win. You've got to know why you're doing something or it's a waste of time. It's the same thing what I was saying at the very beginning, full circle, you got to maximize yeah. what you're doing because you want to do it. Why? Right. And you've got to realize right. that you're, you're more likely to be agreeable than not. Like you are more likely to agree, like four, four to four out of five chance that you're an agreeable person and that you would press that button. Like, think about that for two seconds. Like it's, that's definitely why you said yes, but like, yeah. really, is that what you, is that how you want to live your life? Right. And obviously you figured out like, not really, it's okay to be disagreeable. And I think there's a, a part of culture that makes you want to like fit in. And actually, yeah. I think people find a lot of happiness by not fitting in. They find their tribe, they find their group, but they're like not fitting into like the status quo, I think is actually the direction that's that's yeah. helpful. I think also what didn't help, yes to all of that, agreeable, yeah. 
I think also what didn't help is the pressure because what happens is, and you'll find this less likely the more you stay or the higher up you go. So as a DSL, yeah. you might not experience this as much, but like yeah. when you leave, that's all the people that you've known for like, for my case, four years. So when I left, I had no friends outside of Southwestern. Right. And so yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And this is what didn't, this is what drove my point home was that every year up to then I had gotten Christmas cards from different people in the company in the corporate office sure. and all this birthday wishes. You got Christmas cards? Shit. Yeah, we get Christmas cards. I get Christmas cards. And then the summer I decided to stop selling books. Do you think I got invited to people's shit or got Christmas cards or people? No, because I wasn't no, yeah. making the money anymore. I totally which get is it. Totally yeah, fine. So right. So it's it's. I think it's 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 a double edge. I think it's a two sided thing, right? So yeah. For people out there, I'm not I'm not here saying, oh, they tricked me. No, because again, I learned a lot those summers, so they were still yeah, yeah. worth it to me. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I'm not saying they weren't worth it, but I am saying that had i known or been able to understand what i understand now i would have been like fuck no one and two summers are good i don't need to keep doing this i don't like it anymore I, yeah there's other things like school i need to worry about like yeah. financially there's other things right um so yeah and there's a I'm naturalness fine, right if like, you're there's a yeah. naturalness to it as well it's like oh you're moving on doing something else people these people are so busy i mean honestly the people are so effing busy which you know for me is like a lifestyle was like, well, I didn't want to be that busy all the time, you know, at least doing something that I know I'm not going to do for 50 years. Right. I don't want to be right. this busy. So that's a lifestyle choice. So obviously when you do leave, it's like, yeah, you don't see a lot of those friends until they slow down, which they either will or won't, you know, I mean, God bless yeah. Virgie Sanford for the yeah, way she works. She is amazing. literally the, 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 the percentage of people that could do what she's do at the level she does for, for, you know, that many years. That is long. like, Oh my gosh. Like she, yeah. I have the utmost respect for all those DSLs and stuff, but you know, I'm just saying that like, yeah, like a lot of my friends are just busy recruiting all the time. They're at Sizzler right now. They're at a trip They're, You know, it's like, Oh, well I guess I'll call them, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that's one of the things I'm doing with my podcast. So it's a way to keep up with everybody, keep up with me, but it can be also, it's so positive on how to maximize your college experience. It's a great recruiting tool. If you're selling books and recruiting people, yeah. you're like, Hey, listen, to this really cool third party podcast that's too, totally objective about like, you should face fear. Like that's positive, right? <laughs> you know, in your wheelhouse, you probably want your people listening to something like that. So it's a, it's a, it's a way that I get to at least connect with people, which is why I'm excited about what I'm doing and um, things like that. But um, I know this was supposed to be a part of it of like why I left, right? Are we, should we, should we just yeah. do that? Because I have to leave in 11 minutes or okay, my wife so is going to go and be angry. Yeah, she made really that. good food though. So it's like not even her being angry makes, I, I there's Masaman Thai curry that my wife made. That is amazing sitting in this crock pot out here. And I've been Dude, smelling it for an hour. Let's talk, about why, <laughs> let's talk about why you left and then give me like one quick funny story or something. So let, you got 11 minutes to do that. Is that enough? Yeah. Time? Yes. 11 minutes. We can do it. So, okay, consider, so, sir. so the, the reason I left is not because I did poorly. It's not because I didn't recruit well. It's not because <laughs> of those reasons. It's not because I hated my boss. It's not because someone was a dick to me. It's not because of anything at all other than the simple fact of that my wife and I wanted to travel less and it was impossible to do at this job. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say the only other portion was that I wanted to make some products. And if I made the products with Southwestern stuff, it would be owned by the company. I didn't know what I wanted to make. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to make products that I didn't know how it worked for that. So, you know, um, I am through those. I'm going through those talks with Henry Bedford now with the, our fitness company and chatting about different things. So, you know, um, 
if that had been maybe a little bit clearer about how maybe some royalties work or things like that, that might've helped. But at the end of the day, we just didn't want to travel. We wanted to be more locally involved in our church. We wanted to, um, like I get to volunteer on the worship team and sing and play guitar um, at different times at church. We get to you know, really plug in with our, with our community. Like we, we just wanted that, you know, we didn't want to be on a flight all the time and, and doing things like that. We love the people like the people we worked with, you know, um, but there are just some things where it's like, you know what, like if I look at my goals, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot from this. I've gotten amazing skills that are set me up for the rest of my life. I've got this network that's set me up for the rest of my life. I mean, astounding, amazing. Everyone should go do this. You know, I think for several summers, at least, at least three or four while you're in school, no matter what. And I, I'm a, high, a big recommend recommender of doing full-time recruiting because of what you learn about yourself financially, it may or may not be the, you know, you're not, you you probably won't make a ton of money from recruiting your first time, you know, and, and maybe even your second time. Um, I, I remember my, my worst year of recruiting was my first time full-timing. I had a nine person in school team and a five person in school team before that, that did like 5,000 units or 45 and then like 7,000 in school. And I mm-hmm. sold two and then 6,000 units, you know, uh, my first and second summer. And um, I was coming off a second summer of winning student excellence award and all this different stuff and killer number one B contract or whatever. And uh, my whole team quit the, the first time full-timing because what I learned about self, myself is I'm sort of a selfish, obsessive person at that time, you know, and it was all about me and numbers. And I was trying to recruit people for that, um, do this job. And I wasn't thinking about how, why I cared about them as human beings, you know, which is exactly what you're saying with selling people on selling. I did that same thing unfortunately. And I think, I think a lot of people just go through that, you know, as, as a leader, because yeah. it's just part it's of the thing. Fault. It's, yep. it's just part collateral. It's, it's collateral damage of a personal growth. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, Which you sucks, are, though. when you are, when you are 18 to 22, 18 to 23, you know, you are going to mess things up so royally that you're going to screw some relationships up that you're never going to get back. And that's just part of it. Honestly, if you want to be in leadership, like it's lonely at the top, it's lonely sometimes. You're gonna make these mistakes that you will never repeat. You know, God forbid that you do the same thing over and over. But uh, which I've seen people do, so please don't do that. But this idea of like you've kind of got to like, mess up a lot and go through like some of the worst pain in order to get to the level that you probably want to be at, where you're kind of firing all on cylinders because it's got to hurt. Like like you don't change when it's easy. Things come natural. You're not changing. You're just you're coasting, right? The only time you change is when you want it bad enough, you know, because you don't want the opposite or because it hurts so badly that you cannot bear the pain anymore and you have to change, you know, and that's just part of it. That's, that's the only way you grow, um, you know, but that's, but that's why I left. So, and also I just, some of the scalability type stuff, you know, if you are thinking about owning a business or, you know, a podcast or like YouTube channels, I mean, those are just more scalable things. They are at some point will exponentially grow if you don't quit. Um, the average podcaster quits at before seven episodes, you know, so mm-hmm. that's like a stat. The average YouTuber quits way before a thousand subscribers, you know, um, but obviously if you're in the millions or hundreds of thousands on either of those platforms, you're making, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars a year from sponsorships and advertisements. So it's like, you know, there's it, it's and then that's a more creative way to do it, which for me, the creativity piece was always what I loved about working at Southwestern is I kind of do it my way, you know, nine times out of 10 you know, create, create the thing that I wanted to do, you know? So I, I'm really drawn by the creativity and I'm really drawn by the inspiration, you know, and there's, there's more ways to do it. And I also just, you know, you get to a point where I felt limited. I felt like I had to really reserve 
trying to help people to 35, you know, rookies and managers versus trying to help millions of people. So I felt like there was a little bit of a cap of outreach there. And then uh, I got to the point where I would really, I was really wanting to be taught marketing. I really wanted to be taught personal branding. And that just wasn't the next step of the path, you know? So, so for the skills that I wanted, it just, it just wasn't there for that specific position, um, you know, in, in that spot. So, you know, wanting to go off on and, and do that. So those are, were, those are basic things. So, but I still talk to everybody. Brilliant. So brilliant, sir. Yeah. Also, especially if you want to have kids anytime soon, I don't know how my, how my brother and his wife do it, but at yeah. some point it's like, yo, <laughs> unless you homeschool and you're just all day, just yeah, like it's hard. not, not a lot yeah. of DSLs have kids and stay. It's tough. It's, so. it's tough. The kids, man. It's, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think they're, they're Southwestern people turn into their kids and, and the job becomes sort of like they, they blend everything together. You know, um, I don't, my wife and I, I, I went, I went the blended route for a few years and I just felt like I was neglecting family, other friends, you know, um, like, you know, I, I, I don't talk to really anyone from college that wasn't selling books in some, in a lot of ways, you know, there weren't that many people, um, just cause I was so dialed in on that. And, uh, I'm not going to say I regret that to be, cause p- to be honest, I just think the average college kid is like, I don't know, like, it, yeah, <laughs> you know, they, they weren't, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I care, yes. I care deeply yes. about yep. people, but like for like the people I enjoyed spending time with, it just wasn't like, you know, they were out like drinking, you know, four nights a week. And I was like up working, <laughs> you know, every, yeah. all the time. Right. So it was just like, obviously that person's not going to be attracted to me. <laughs> like, dude, what are yeah. you doing? Like, we're like going to go party. And I'm like, Oh dude, like I'm like studying for my nearly 4.0 GPA right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind yeah. of a nerd, yes. you know? So, yeah. you know, there's just different trajectories. Everybody wanted to go the nine to five route. Like 99% of people do. The only 1% of people that I had been in contact with were Southwestern book people, <laughs> you know, that wanted to be in the 1% of people who don't do nine to five jobs, you know? Like that, we literally found a Monopoly online for my group. We would play Monopoly sometimes, like after like a team meeting or whatever. We'd sit there and play. And it was like a free Monopoly online. And the in the jail was nine to five job. You know, like that was the culture. <laughs> that was the jail. You're in jail as your nine to five job is jail. You know, go go to your nine to five job. You're in jail. That's the real ball and chain, baby. Absolutely, right? So, you know, so those are the only people that seem to see that sort of vision or get excited about those things. But now, I mean, I, all I do is talk to college kids, like, you know, ma- maximize their, their experience, you know, because I think that my, a lot of my friends who did that kind of stuff, it's just like, you know, I think they're fine, but I, I just find a lot of people seem to be complaining about what they're doing. And they don't like it and they're, and they're upset. And I feel like a lot of people get to this point where they feel trapped. Um, in my book, here's a promo for my book one day. Um, you know, I do a, I do a little chapter on, you know, why do people end up in places they don't want to end up? And I like to use the alcoholism example, you know, as sort of this thought experiment. Like think, think, think it through for a second. Does anyone when they're five years old grow up and just – they're like, Daddy, I want to be an alcoholic. Right. Okay. So yeah. no one wants that yeah. to happen. So it's, this must mean that everyone has a dream. They have an ideal scenario for their life, right? Yeah. Or at the very least, it's not that. (laughs) At the very least, they don't want to completely fail, fall on their face and be be an addict where they forget about everything except for a substance, right? No one wants to get to that point, right? Well, why does it happen? Why does it happen? I mean, sometimes, to be honest, when you're a child, if you're in that foster care crap, you kind of don't have a choice. You're kind of just like, your, your cards you've been dealt really, really it, effing yeah. sucks. Yeah. Like that's, if yeah. you don't end up on that, you're great. But for, for most people, 
right? Because that's a small, smaller percentage of the population. For most people, people become alcoholics because of lack of intentionality. They get to this point where this feels good. I do this. I'm floating around. Well, I'm going to just keep doing the things that feel good. M- most people are actually hedonists. I don't know if you know what hedonism is, but hedonism is this philosophical idea that you do whatever feels best all the time. And that's how you make your decisions. I just do what feels good. And uh, if you're in the book field mentality, it's like, that's like never the right decision almost. <laughs> uh, there's there's a middle ground where you do think, you know, there's yeah, parts of life where you do things that feel great. There's a good balance, right? But you basically you get stuck into this, this mindset of every, I do everything that feels good. If it feels good, I do it. If it feels good, I do it. And it goes down this real deep, dark path where you end up becoming an alcoholic because you never sat down and thought about what you wanted in life and decided what your values were, right? So you have zero values. I just, I just do what feels good. And like, there's so many college students who talk about it like that. I just do what feels good. I don't know. I'm good at it. It feels good. That's not it. That's not yeah. a reason to do something, right? So there's, <sighs> and, and so you end up going along this route for years and years and years, right? And you start getting addicted to this thing, whether it's smoking or, and, and addictions can go in a lot of different things. I, I think you can be addicted to your work. I've been addicted to work. You know, you can be addicted to porn. You can be, di- there's a million things that you can be addicted to. And I honestly think um, culturally people try to demonize one over the other. They're all the same in a lot of ways. I mean, if you, I guess if you're addicted to like killing people, that's worse, right? There are, there are definitely things that are worse, right? Yeah. But, but you know, or, most, most things in life, whether it's your yeah. job. And I just did a, a podcast on this with, with a video from Simon Sinek, cause I love that guy, but he, he's just talking about the dopamine release that you'll get whenever you um, get a promotion, get a bonus, make a sale, Right. And whether you're an alcoholic, you're addicted to smoking, you're addicted to crack, you're addicted to your job, you're addicted to porn, what always suffers is, is that you will start throwing out really important things in your life for that thing, right? If you're addicted to porn, which I think is one that's not talked about, but that's like screws up your brain. Yeah. You know, I have been like, addicted before until I was 19. I was, I bet you almost every male has been at some point in their life, you know, and I don't, and think they don't you even feel, know it. You don't even know it. Right. And you think it's cool. Yeah. Like, it's not cool. Mm. It's not cool. I'll tell you, like being a married man, it is not cool. And that was, that was like, you know, stuff that just, it just messes up your relationships. You don't want that in your life. Right. But it feels good. Right. And you get stuck doing all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you gotta, you gotta drop it. You gotta let it go. You gotta, you've gotta figure out these values because otherwise it will consume you. Right. You will every, every alcoholic, every addict forgets their family. They, they throw them out. They lose their connections. And then you get deeper and deeper. It's like, that's why it happens. Right. So where does it start? It starts by innocence, lack of intentionality, lack of thinking about the big questions, wanting an escape, and then making all those millions of small decisions to where you feel like, uh, I tried quit smoking 30 years ago, but yeah, didn't work, didn't work out. Oof, bro. Uh, we didn't even get a ponytail in there. Uh, we, you, you gotta come back. I, there's, I have more stuff to, t- to discuss about this with you. Cause yeah, we could talk I, for a while. I, I agree. I agree a lot. I just, I also have a, another perspective I recently learned about. I'll just drop this here for the audience. And what's the perspective you on this? I, I I'm still chewing on this. So I'm, I'm on your, I'm, I'm exactly agree. I'm agreeing with you. And then I, I heard about this and I was like, Oh, that's an interesting thought is that addiction is just a symptom of a different thing of something else. So like when someone's addicted to whatever the thing, any of the things that you mentioned, it's not, it, some of it is like what you mentioned. It just started that way and it just kind of just evolved into something mm-hmm. terrible. But then there's also a part that uh, it, it's, it's a symptom of a bigger issue, right? So something people would be like, well, you have liver disease or like with anything else, you have a problem, 
if the problem was like if cancer or I, don't know, I can't even explain this to you, but the point is it's more like having an addiction is, is, is a symptom. Right. Um, it is totally a, symptom. a bigger issue. It's a uh, symptom something else. Of, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and it, and it's, and if you look, when you look at it that way, it's a lot easier to get out of it because then it's, if you, cause you can then just target the actual disease and not the actual, not, not the, right. Not the itself. symptom. Exactly. And right. It, it's the whole point. And then it overcorrects. Yeah. So yeah. it's a different way of saying what you're saying, but it, it, it was a much more like almost like a, controllable way of looking at it and i was like "Ooh, i kind of like where that's going i, I still got to explore it more because i'm still learning about it and sure. but i was like oh i read about this maybe three weeks ago uh on, on an article and i was like oh that's super interesting uh more on that later but anyway no okay no, absolutely go, go get many, your thai food go get your many thai food. many theories on that absolutely we could talk we that would be literally another hour and a half podcast probably on that one topic yeah we could because talk, like yeah. oh yeah man's like, like oh man let's talk stuff. about jesus on that let's talk about that heart man let's talk about like what we were all yearning for you know what i'm saying Ooh, that'd be good yeah. stuff and we, we could talk about yeah, it forever I'll, so um it. okay what's the ponytail well, well, what's uh, an actual ponytail real quick so I can remember. Um, yeah. Any, any, any story that you were like, if I was like, here's an open mic, it, it could be a funny one. It could be like something dark or maybe you're right. sort of a group of college let kids me, and you want let me to give this. story to empower them. I'm going to give this Your one. It's going to be like a minute and a half. Okay. And we can go into more details at one point. Out in the middle of nowhere, dead end road. Imagine it. Dead end road. Big freaking Texas. house. Winery to the left. No, I'm in uh, Oklahoma, I think. No, Virginia. Yeah, Oklahoma. Virginia, Virginia. And uh, there's a winery to the left that I went and knocked on. And they were like, we're a winery. We don't have kids. <laughs> Across the road, though, they have kids. I know the guy's name. I got a referral to him. I'm going down, not home. Come back the next that evening, not home. Come back on Saturday, not home. Come back on like the 4th of July. <laughs> Pulling up in the mom's home with the teenage daughters. And this guy owns a big, huge company Company that's like, uh, you know, construction. And literally down from his house, he has this massive yellow, you know, construction vehicle, right? And um, they're like, well, he's the decision maker. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, like, do you want to go to college or whatever? And I'm like, sort of like door introing to like get these people interested because that's what I would do to sort of see if it made sense to run down there and talk to them. And they're like, oh yeah, like this would be great. We're going to go to college. Like we need, we actually want to go to this school and, and I'd love to look at it. I was like, okay, cool. Well, let me go run down and talk to him real quick. And then maybe we'll see if we can get him up here. And this is the most badass sales story. And this right here, this sales story will, like if you do this and you get in the habit of doing stuff like this, like this, Mark Cuban talks about stuff like this and like all these uh, really, really successful you know, people least on the monetary side and stuff like that. Um, I run down uh, into my car. I drive down this gravel dirt road and he's got this big like monster truck, you know, like dump truck, like that you played with his kids, right? Or like whatever, it's got the yeah. pits, whatever it's called. And uh, I get out and he's he's like crushing rocks. <laughs> he's crushing rocks. It's my fifth summer. It's my best summer. He's crushing rocks. He's doing stuff. It's like so loud. You know, and it's literally like, I'm like acting like he's a farmer on a tractor, like running around, like waving at him, you know, and he sees me, he stops what he's doing. Okay. He's hard at work here. Sweaty, you know, cool, cool guy. He, he stops, he gets out. He's like, what are you doing? We're, he didn't turn it off. He does not turn off the, the vehicle, which basically means if you're ever sell books, they are not interested. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't turn it off, they don't care what you're saying. Right. And then I basically give like a one or two liners like, hey, I talked to your wife, said to come down here. You're Bob, right? I know your neighbors. These are people who bought from you. Your daughter wants to look at this because I talked to her and I, I got that okay, right? And he's like, okay. He's like, what this? I know you're busy. 
But what if I go talk to him? You meet me up there in 10 minutes. And if, if she wants it, great, you guys can get it. And if she doesn't, you just tell me no and I'll be gone. And he's like, all right, you know, or whatever. And uh, basically I, I did that, went and sold the daughter, went and sold the mom. He walks in and he's just basically hard. He's like, you're going to use it. You're going to use it. You're going to use it. She says, yes, 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 yes. And then she's like, no. And he's like, well, I'm getting it because you need it. And then he gave me 500 bucks for a CA. Um, <laughs> and I, I basically sold him on coming up there regardless because his daughter wanted to see it. So, <laughs> oh Let's yeah, you got go. all the, the little lingos on there. So that was probably my most badass sale. It wasn't the biggest sale I've ever made um, at all. I've had many, many bigger confidence. ones than that. But it was just like the most bold, audacious. I just left there feeling like, yeah, man, I got it. Like this is it right here. This is where this is. This is awesome. So this is the flow. All right, <laughs> there we go. We can All we right, can bro. end it and come back though for sure. All right, guys, we're gonna call this one an episode. But thanks so much, Joe, for being on here. Uh, again, if you guys want more information, check the links out below. You can go find him, get a hold of. If you for some reason can't find any links or something like they're not working, just message us on the show on Instagram, and we'll get you connected to Joe one way or the other. Um, on that on that note, guys, my name is Andres Gamboa. This is episode one seventy six of the Ponytails Podcast. Uh, Joey, this is with us. See you guys in the next one. Peace.